Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire. And this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, good evening, everybody. 734, time to talk some football. Five games to go, and it is shaping up to be a dogfight in the CFL West. Not much breathing room from second place to fifth place. A bad weekend for the Eskimos on the scoreboard. They lost in Ottawa, but Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and BC all won. The Eskimos still control their destiny with four games against the three teams they're battling with. That includes two with the Blue Bombers starting here on Saturday night on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, Jason Moss back in studio this week. Good evening, Coach. Good evening. Uh, well, uh, give me your, uh, your your first your takeaway from Saturday. It's been uh, 48 hours since the loss in Ottawa. Uh, a game that had uh, a lot of good things in it, and I thought a lot of things that went wrong for you, too. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, one of those games where we felt like it was going to be like that way the whole game, or it was going to be a battle to win it. I uh, thought it would come down to the end, and, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, it did. I mean, we're banging on the, the doorstep, you know, first and goal from the 11, and throw a pass, it gets picked off, and we're going into score, it'd be 22-18. I'd like to see how our team responds from there and how their team responded, getting the, the lead taken from them that late in the game. But, you know, it didn't happen that way. They went down and scored a touchdown with a long drive, and our defense had done well up to that point, limiting the field goals, and they got it, got it to be a two-score game, and then it's a throw fest from there, and, you know, kind of got us out of our rhythm a little bit um, and didn't finish the game. But there was a lot of positives in the game. I mean, to limit an offense like that to seven field goals, basically, mm-hmm. on the day was pretty huge, six sacks. You know, we had a a couple of nice returns by Martise coming in there for the first time. You know, he had a couple big plays on offense as well. CJ rushed the ball very well with limited time. Um, You know, nine nine yards or whatever it was, like 8.9 yards of carry or something like that. Um, Mike, I thought, threw the ball really well. I mean, particularly early in the game when we were in rhythm as an offense. And, um, you know, it just... At the end of the day, when I look back on it, there's missed opportunities again. And I can say it every every one of our losses, there's a chance and an opportunity to win all of them. And for whatever reason, we've been not very good at uh, either finishing games or, you know, making the most of all those opportunities. So, you know, we miss a field goal to start the game when they make seven of them. So, that, you know, that's one opportunity for us to mm-hmm. kind of tie it up and, and go from there. You know, we going in on first and goal like I said previously on the 11-yard line you know we're usually lights out from that we're the best in the league in the red zone right now scoring touchdowns and you'd like to think that ball gets caught by Duke 99 of 100 times definitely shouldn't get picked and it does and then we are first and goal from or not first we're first down on the 30-yard line and we fumble the ball on a shovel and we had two guys there to block the guy he makes a good play and you know it just one of those things that you know, we felt like we had some 
good plays uh, on both sides of the ball made, all three phases really, and you know come up short end of the stick. And it's frustrating, and particularly how the weekend turned out. You know, I don't care about the scoreboard generally, but you know when you don't take care of business and the other three teams do, it tightens the <laughs> the race. But like you alluded to, it we still control our own destiny. We still play all these teams we need to beat, and we play three games at home, which we've been very good at playing. Okay, lots of good stuff in the game, and you went over it. There were some things obviously you didn't like. As a coach, how tough is it to walk the line and kind of reach one way and pull in the good stuff and reach the other way and kind of fix the bad stuff and, and get set? Is, is that a tough well, line I to think, walk? Yeah, at the end of the day, you're, you're, as a coach and as a leader, your your job is to figure out the reasons why things went wrong, and sometimes they're unfigurable. I don't even know if that's a word, but uh, at the end of the day, football happens, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a bad bounce here, a bad bounce there. Uh, again, I've said it before. I mean, you you throw that ball to Duke, 99 out of 100 times that ball wouldn't go straight up in the air, I can assure you. And for yep. whatever reason, it did at that moment, and we it wasn't meant to be there. Um, you know, so you have to correct the bad. You have to particularly correct the, the things that we need to coach better. Um, you know, myself included, we got to figure out scheme-wise things that we could have done better, uh, get our players playing at a higher level at times if we can. And then from there, you got to look at the positives because in every game we've lost, there's been a lot of positives. We're not a team that just gets ragdolled around the field. I mean, we, we fight and we make it a game every every game and these games are hard to win if you don't play outstanding football for an entire 60 minutes and you give up play a play here or play there a critical you know something that you should do and it doesn't happen um you have an opportunity to get beat and that's what seems to be happening to us um you know we we can't turn the ball over in the red zone we we cannot when we get start getting into score zone turn the ball over we can't take a penalty when we're Third and one, third and inches, basically on our own end, and going to convert and keep that drive alive, and get a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. I mean, things like that cannot happen, and yet they are. To a certain extent, and it's unfair to probably compare, you know, the 2018 team to the 17 team to the 16 team, but this team has had a history of being good in the fourth quarter, good when the chips are down. You've struggled with that this season. What? Are you not doing, or what is not there this year that has been there in years past that's helped you been successful? In Again, the it's plays being made. I mean, can you know? I can look at play calling. I mean, I can figure. You know, I can look at things and say, "Gosh, I wish I would have called this or called that." But at the end of the day, and you know, that's one of my look at my my thoughts is on first and goal from the 11 could I have ran the ball or second and four sorry could I have ran the ball and CJ just popped off a couple nice runs sure and maybe we would have got a touchdown but maybe not and at the end of the day I called something I believed in and it didn't just didn't happen um you know I think that's what you've seen. I mean, if, if, if that ball just gets knocked down, we kick three points, and the game's tied 18-18, and they go two and out, and we get the ball back and score a touchdown, it's 25-18. Does, you know, those kinds of things, thoughts run through my mind. I look back at every one of our losses in the fourth quarter. Are there opportunities for us to score points? Absolutely. This Calgary, we're going in to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. We're on the 10-yard line, almost the same exact spot, and we fumble the ball. That would have been seven points, and you aren't talking about we haven't scored a point in the last five games you know we're in bc place on the 11 yard line with 16 or whatever it was 15 yard line with 16 seconds left and we don't score anything so i mean there's been opportunities for us to score points it's just for whatever reason we're not 
uh, ending up doing it. And it's a variety of reasons. It's not just if I'll, uh, you've heard me say it before, if it's easy to fix, it would have been fixed long ago. But, um, you know, the last couple of years, we've won a lot of tight games. And had we not won those, our record's not as good as it could have been. And right now, we're seven and six, and we're probably much better than our record indicates. But because we haven't won those tight games and those made plays and those crucial moments right now, we're what we are, seven and six. But I like to think that we're a good enough team to win the next five and then more from there. So, you know, we'll fight and we'll claw, and at some point this stuff's turning around for us. Yeah, that's another kind of uh, tradition that you've had since you've come here as coach. You've had good finishes. The back six have always been a good finish for you, and that puts you in a good spot, obviously, going in the playoffs. Talking to a couple guys post-game on Saturday night, I think it was J.C. Sherrod, who I, I asked, you know, how he's talking about being close. I said, how close do you think you are? And he says, we're fingertips away. We're, we're right there. We just Things are just rolling the wrong way right now. And, you know, and I guess that's the important thing to have that belief that you can play up to the potential you believe you can. You can be play much better than you are playing right There's now. There's no question in my mind. I mean, I hope our players don't question it because I look at it and I look at all three phases. See, players are generally very, not to say closed-minded, but they have a job to do. they got to take care of their job. Mm -hmm. They believe in the guy next to them, all those things. I'm the one coach on our football team that looks at all three phases and has to analyze all three phases. Brock and I do that as GM and head coach. And I'm excited every single day I get up in the morning that I coach this football team because I know how good we can be and, um, you know, how good we are right now. I just know that, you know, we've lost some tight tight fought battles and that's going to happen through the course of a season so you know that game again JC said it best it's inches if Trevor fumbles that ball and his knee isn't down which for five minutes yeah. TSN took to analyze that play yeah. if they don't take five minutes to analyze that play it's a touchdown we're up seven you come combine that with kicking a field goal or a touchdown that we should have had on the first and goal from the 11 we're walking away with that by probably double digits and that's because our defense held them to field goals, and we scored touchdowns when we needed to score touchdowns. That should have been the difference in the game, yet it wasn't. And at the end of the day, you got to live with that and grow from it and get better. And so when you ask about what I do negatively to positively, I look at the negative things or what per people perceive as negatives. I just look at them as football plays that we didn't execute. But I take from a lot of positives from our game and from our season so far. It's built us to who we are right now, and it's set us up to be very good down the stretch. Your defense has been so good in the red zone. We saw it on Saturday. We saw it in the Labor Day game. We saw it against the game against Saskatchewan. Are you concerned, though, about the big plays that are getting teams to the red zone? Well, I don't know if this last game was big plays. I mean, they drove the ball on us. I mean, there was eight-play drives, seven-play drives. There was six, I think it was six, eight-play drives in this game. So it wasn't big mm -hmm. plays that were getting down there. It was methodical marches that were getting us down there. Um, that, that's, you know, at the end of the day, no one likes that to happen. Mm -hmm. It takes time away from the other offense to be on the field, and it wears you out a bit. And that's what you've seen in a lot of our losses is, the defense has been on the field for 35 minutes, and I'm pretty sure that's accurate for about three of those six losses. So that's partly on us that offensively. we got to do a better job of s sustaining our drives, and our defense has to get themselves off the field. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. You've got to make plays, and there are plenty of plays to be made. Trust me. When I watch the film, our defensive players are in position to make plays, and at times they don't, and at times the offense makes plays, and they get paid money too, and mm -hmm. we go up against some pretty darn good players. So, um, But at the end of the day, I like to think that things even out at some point, and our 
our guys are going to start making some more of those plays. I mean, I think it's we're the only team in the league that hasn't had a return touchdown yet. Uh, every other team has. So by uh, by all chances, you think that that's going to happen here in the next five, and I like our chances if that does happen. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. Martise Jackson makes his debut. You, you're also the only team without a, a big play return, and you got one. First time you had a 30-yard punt return from, from Jackson. Just tell me about what he adds to your team, the, just the excitement level, and, the, and it just seems like when the ball is coming to him, everyone kind of says, what's going to happen here? Like, he's a guy that you want to watch. Yeah, I think, you know, you said it best. I mean, we hadn't had a 30-yard return all year, and he comes in one game and gets us one, and probably was close to another one. So, um, you know, Martiz is he's here for a reason. I mean, we had uh, obviously a need with some injuries to Jamil, and, you know, Jordan's a young guy. So, you know, we, we felt like if we could go out and get a returner of Martiz's caliber, which came kind of fell on our lap a little bit, that it was something that, you know, was needed. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're excited to have him. He's definitely a difference maker. I mean, you give him a crease and he's going to make something happen. And even if there's nothing there, he's going to make it exciting. So um, we fit him in on offense as well. He had a big play on offense. You know, we can do a little bit more with him. He was on a short week for us trying to learn everything and Mm -hmm. get comfortable. The more he gets comfortable with what we do, I think the better you're going to see him perform. Yeah, 210 combined yards is a pretty good. That's a pretty good day. Absolutely. Uh, do, you, do you think you'll try and work him more into the offense than than we well, saw? Well, we we worked him in pretty good. I yeah. mean, I, I I don't ever with our returner. It's hard to to make him a huge. Uh, package guy um, because the return game is so important in your league in our league, um, you know, and depending on how many returns he's getting. But at the end of the day, yes, I mean he's he's a dynamic difference maker when the ball's in his hand. So I think anytime you have players like that on your offense or special teams, you want to get them the ball. And, you know, it's our jobs as coaches to, to figure out ways of doing that. But again, I don't want to wear them out either because at the end of the day, the return game is too important. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show for Michener Allen Auctioneering. The Eskimos getting set to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Saturday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Five o'clock kickoff for the game. Our uh, pregame show will start probably around 4.30. We've got a doubleheader for you on 6.30, Chid. The Oilers and the Flames play at 1 o'clock, and then it'll be the uh, Bombers and the Eskimos kicking it off at... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Five o'clock coverage of both right here on 630 Chet. More with the coach when we come back. It is uh, the Eskimos Coaches Show on 630 Chet. This Saturday, our green and gold host the Winnipeg Blue and Gold. The Dinette and Patio Furniture pregame show starts at 3.30. Kickoff at 5. Brought to you by your Alberta Ford dealers. Only on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. We're back with the uh, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss, uh, not only talking about uh, the game uh, last week, but looking ahead to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Saturday night uh, at uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, before we uh, move ahead to that game, I just want to go back a little bit, Jason. Uh, Kweku Boateng, talk about his development. I mean, he had his second three-sack game this year. He likes sacks and bunches, obviously, because he's got, uh, what, eight sacks, and they've come in three different games. But, man, he's a guy who just seems to be getting better and better. 
Yeah, I mean, he gets after the quarterback each and every week. I mean, he's a tough guy to block, I think. I think he's tenacious. I think he utilizes his body from uh, strength to power or whatever they say, speed to power very well on, on his rushes. He's only going to get better as the more he puts in his toolbox at the end of the day. And he's a smart guy. He'll pick up the game even more, all the little nuances. He'll start to learn the old lineman better in our league of what he can and cannot do and or what he should be doing and obviously playing within our schemes. So, you know, he's he's a guy that brings it every day and obviously it's a pleasure to to coach him. Armando Sewell put up some pretty good numbers too. Did he play, in your mind, as good as the numbers indicated from Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think our our D-line, you know, you hold them, like I said, in the red zone the way they did. They had 156 yards rush and two of them, two really big runs on that. The rest of them were there was nine rushes where they had zero or less. I mean zero or less yards. So I mean they did their part up front, uh, got off to the quarterback. Obviously some of that was RPOs, but they're still tenacious getting to the quarterback. So you know at the end of the day I thought yeah our D line played well and that's with missing a guy. They we only had six going in and one got hurt early. Mike Moore got hurt early and we had five the rest of the game. So five guys played that entire game at D line. That's tremendous to be able to do that um, on the road. And against a team that's running the ball against you and all that stuff. So my hats are off completely to the D-line. I thought they did a tremendous job. You got some, we talked about Martise Jackson on special teams, but another thing on special teams, you got some guys back, uh, guys who do a lot of run, a lot of hit, and a lot of block. And uh, uh, How much better did your special teams become, not just because of Jackson, but because Blair Smith is back and, and uh, Pascal Lochard and that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think our special teams, obviously, cover units-wise has been as good as they are. I mean, that's them. They, they do a really good job with that. Our return game could still you know, be better, and there's no question about that. Um, I think it will be as we learn Martise a little bit more and what he's better at uh, and things like that. But our guys still, they need to be focused on that and being able to do their jobs better. Um, you know, that's all of them. So at the end of the day, you know, um, our special teams, particularly our cover units, is right there. Hughes punting his butt off. Um, Whitey, you know, you take away the one miss he had. I mean, he's been lights out for us all year. So, you know, um, I think you're going to see our, hopefully our special teams at the next five games start to, to really um, make make strides and uh, continue to do well with, with what they do. How much does the game change this time of year because of the weather? Because it gets a little cooler. Do you do? Do you run more? Do you do different things just because of weather? I think you just at the end of the day, you're 13 games in. You've kind of analyzed what you're good at, and you go with that. Whether you're a passing team or a run team, or you know the way you play defense or you know what you do on special teams. I think there's a lot of film out there to watch now. Um, you're kind of watching the weaknesses and strengths of each and every team and players. Obviously, you know that's what you're focused on when you're when you're doing your your scheming. Um, you know, but you got to stay true to what you are too. Are there wrinkles that you throw in? Absolutely. So, you know, the weather can dictate. You know that you don't throw it as much, particularly you get into a windy stadium or um, a really wet. Create a cold night you know there's times that you want to run the ball more but at the end of the day you've got to be able to do that there's no question but you still got to be able to do what you do well your take on the blue bombers who've really had an up and down season especially you know lately they've just come off their four game losing shake with a win on the weekend your take on what you get from them this week yeah i mean i, I think they're a good matchup um they're always well coached all three phases um they do a lot on offense they do a lot on defense and special teams you've always they're always dangerous so um you know you never you know you never can relax in a game playing against those guys i can assure you they bring a lot of stuff up front for our offensive line to pick up um, secondary wise they mix their coverages very well um, 
you know, we've had success against them. Um, but at the end of the day, they're always hard-fought battles. Um, offensively, Lapo's a, a, a guy that definitely, you know, you can't sit tight. I mean, you, you know he's going to try about everything in the book going against you, and uh, you got to be prepared for all the things that they've done this year, and they've done a lot. Um, so you got to be on your P's and Q's when you play them. And like I said about their special teams, our guys are well aware that the way Osh coaches special teams or the way his mindset is on special teams is to be aggressive. So you, you know he's thought of every possible angle. Uh, and you've got to think about it too. So, you know, they put a lot of stress on you as a football team, but again, we match up, I think, very well with them, and they're, it's going to be a hard-fought battle, and we got to protect our house. All right, uh, that game is this Saturday. It's a 5 o'clock start. Uh, Eskimo's back on the practice field tomorrow. Uh, stick with us here at 630 Ched. 630Ched.com will have all the information you need as the Eskimos get set for the Blue Bombers on Saturday. 5 o'clock for the kickoff, pregame starting around 4.30. Jason, thanks for this. Good luck this week. Thank you, man. That's the Eskimos Coaches Show for tonight. Uh, my name's Morley Scott. We'll see you around. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.